Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am your boy, 12 Kyle. And um, we're back with another Mount Rushmore edition of the the podcast. Um, Yeah, this one's going to be, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but uh, this one hits close to home uh, on this episode. We're going to talk about Mount Rushmore for the city of Atlanta. Uh, as many of you know, or may not know, uh, I live in Atlanta, been living here since 1997. So this is home. This is my adopted home. Um, uh, been here long enough to have seen a lot. Um, and so in saying that, uh, when I initially got the idea to do the Mount Rushmore on Atlanta, I was like, oh, yeah, it'll be pretty easy. Um, yeah and no. I mean, there are some people, there's some athletes in Atlanta that are very, very highly revered. Um, and then there are some that are, you know, not so much revered. Uh, so I don't know that I'm necessarily going to surprise you with who will be on my Mount Rushmore. But again, this is my Mount Rushmore. For those of you uh, new to the Mount Rushmore series, uh, you pick four people. And in this case, we're talking about athletes and athletes that have played in a particular city and they go on the proverbial Mount Rushmore for that particular city. So uh, without further ado, in no particular order, here are my Mount Rushmore for the city of Atlanta. Um, number one, Dominique Wilkins from the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I, I will go out on a limb and say anybody and everybody that does a Mount Rushmore for Atlanta, you got to have Dominique on there. Um, drafted by the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, he was infamously traded later on in his career, but Dominique definitely put on for the city. Um, Dominique represented Atlanta. Really? If you think about it, he represented Atlanta in a time where it wasn't necessarily cool to say that you were from Atlanta or in Atlanta. Um, and the Hawks, I mean, you guys know the Hawks never, they never won an NBA title. Um, I think the closest they got in Dominique's era to an NBA title was, uh, I want to say, did they get to the Eastern Conference? I don't even know if they got to the Eastern Conference Finals. I know they ran into Boston a couple of times. And, I mean, we're talking about the Boston Celtics from the 80s. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with Larry Bird, uh, Kevin McHale, and Robert Parrish. Those championship Celtics teams. So, they never could really get over the hump. Um, but, nonetheless, Dominique bought flair and glare. He was the ultimate sportsman. Good dude, really. Um slam dunk champion uh all per- perennial all-star uh so dominique definitely goes on my mount rushmore um number two on the mount rushmore a guy who actually can claim two teams in this city uh that would be Dion sanders aka prime time before he was coach prime he was prime time in this city. Uh, Dion played both for the Atlanta Falcons and the Atlanta Braves. 
who are now the Cobb County Braves, but that's another story for a whole another podcast. Um, yeah, man, Prime was uh Dion was the ultimate Falcon. I mean, like Dion, and 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 to be honest, Dion Sanders played on some he played on some raggedy Falcons teams, but he was must see. And I want to say the first time Dion got in the game, I want to say it was on a punt return in uh Fulton County Stadium. This is before they even built the Georgia Dome. Uh, Fulton County Stadium. He took it back to the house, and uh, the star was born, man. Deion Sanders. Um, yeah, Prime was something special in this city, man, and and people loved him. Still love him to this day. And you can go anywhere in Atlanta. You see that number twenty one jersey with Sanders on the back. I mean, he put Atlanta on the map. A, a lot of people wish, and Deion said this himself. He was like, you know, he is forever grateful to the the Falcons for giving him the opportunity to play football. He was like, but if he had to, if he could have done it all over again, um, he would have uh, retired as an Atlanta Falcon um, and stayed here his whole career. Uh, I think that would have been dope. But I mean, if, if we're being honest, if Dion stays here his entire career, he don't he's not going to win uh, the two Super Bowl rings that he won with the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys. So very, very loved and, and beloved and uh, huge figure. Here in the city of Atlanta, uh, prime time. Before he, like I said, before he was Coach Prime, he was Deion Sanders prime time. And, um, you know, he's the only man to have played in a Super Bowl and a World Series. And he was a pretty good player for the uh, Atlanta Braves. And I'll be honest, man, and I think uh, it goes without saying, but I mean, if Deion could have dedicated himself and not having to have split time between uh, baseball and football first of all it's, it's damn near impossible to play professional football and professional baseball um but i think he was uh he was very good in the outfield a decent hitter but i think if he had played and been able to you know establish himself on a baseball field more with more time i think he would have been he would have been a perennial all-star in baseball too um but you just you you can't play both and play at the high levels because the 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 um, the seasons overlap. So you know he was only going to be able to play baseball, but for so long before he had to go back to football and vice versa. So, um, but yeah, number two definitely prime time. Um, number three may come as a surprise to you, but if you're from Atlanta or you've lived in the city, you know exactly what this guy's meant to the city. Number three boxing that's right the real deal evander holyfield comes in at number three on my mount rushmore um holyfield man was a beast uh born and raised here um definitely put on for the city always represented the city in the right way um has this he well he had this huge mansion that you could actually see from the from the street uh i think his house was bought by rick ross rick ross currently owns the house now but um yeah man holyfield was a, a great guy um you know in and outside of the ring did a lot of community service and still does a lot of community work um in and around the city um he was somebody who always represented always represented and he's one of the greatest boxers to ever step inside the square circle uh you know i could make a case that he hung on too long as far as boxing because boxing is concerned but that's beside the point man evander evander holyfield is definitely on my mount rushmore um number four 
last but not least for the Atlanta Falcons number seven Michael Vick now I know some of you probably watching this and listening to this thinking well how is Matt Ryan not on there how is this person not on there um it is very hard to describe the Michael Vick experience for those who weren't around for it. Um, Michael Vick in his prime was must see TV. One of the reasons why Michael Vick was such a, a, a popular uh, NFL player and dope NFL player. One, he was, he was fast as all. I mean, the guy ran like a four two, but here's the thing in football. It's rare for the best player on the field to touch the ball every single play. That rarely happens. I mean, if you got a great running back, he's not getting the ball every play. If you got a great receiver, he's not getting the ball every play. If you got a dope cornerback, he's not touching the ball every play. But in Atlanta, in Michael Vick's prime, he was the best player, not only on the offense, but he was the best player on the field. And he touched the ball every single play. So there were plays where Michael Vick, I mean, like the the roar of the crowd or the, just the um, anticipation of what he might do. It was just electric. Um, I can remember going to Falcons games and like games kicked off at one o'clock, right? And the game, before the game would even start, like, People would be down at the Georgia Dome tailgating literally at seven o'clock in the morning. And I mean, like they're eating breakfast, eating lunch, whatever the case may be. People drinking the whole night, getting high, whatever, whatever. At 12 o'clock, no later than 1215, you'd better start making your way inside the domes. And the reason being is because you had to be in your seat. You just had to be in your seat when the game, well, actually, even before the game started, when Michael Vick played and they would do the introductions for the uh, offense, man, listen, all you would hear is, Woo, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the barrel's in your mouth from Jay Z. And the crowd would go crazy, people would be waving towels. Michael Vick would come out there. They would call his name. He would get the biggest standing ovation. And the Georgia Dome literally would be shaking. Now, Michael Vick wasn't as great, even as great as he was in his era in his prime. That's not what he's going to be remembered for. By some. Uh, he will always be remembered for the dog fight, his participation in the dog fighting. Uh, ring that he got caught up in that he uh, financed and led and he spent two years in jail for and honestly Michael Vick's going to jail or Michael Vick being involved in dogfighting altogether in this city literally split the city in half and it was literally drawn down racial lines black and white if you ask a black person about Michael Vick, you know, you might get an answer like, oh man, it was just some damn dogs. Who cares? And then if you ask some white people, they'd be like, oh man, I can't believe he did that. How could you be so cruel to animals? And I get it. I get both sides of it because for some black people, 
they don't understand how you could do two years for killing a dog, but you you could shoot somebody on the street and not do any time. And for some white people, you know, they would hear these horrific things about what Michael Vick and his friends did to those dogs. And then as they're watching this on TV, Lil Sparky comes in the room. So I get it. And it was a lightning rod, particularly on sports talk radio, because everybody had a side. Everybody had an opinion. And sports talk radio really would just, it would blow up. I mean, like if you ever wanted to, if there was nothing else to talk about, if like if there was no, if there was nothing going on, oh let's open up the phone lines and talk about the new Michael the Michael Vick accusations or, or what what do you thought about Michael Vick's uh, era in in the city? Listen, even though the Atlanta Falcons are known for blowing a twenty five point lead in the Super Bowl, a lot of people still associate the Atlanta Falcons with Michael Vick and his time here. And the bad was bad. I mean, like, I, I'm not, you know, I said at the time, I was like, look, if he's convicted of what they said, if he did what they said he said that he did, then he should be, he should suffer the, the consequences. And he did. The flip side of it was when Michael Vick got out of jail and went to, and got signed by Philadelphia and he went and performed in Philadelphia. That was the quarterback that we needed here in Atlanta because Michael Vick for his great and highlight real as he was he wasn't as focused as a player and as a man and as a football player and as a teammate and as a leader but he was when he got to philadelphia if atlanta had gotten the michael vick that was in philadelphia instead of the Phil the, the michael vick that we had that was here man listen vick might have two or three rings by now and it's the ultimate what if but i still think that time, if you separate, because in, in, in my opinion, I think you have to separate what someone does off the field for the Rushmore, at least for me. My, your Rushmore, you might be like, oh, there's no way I'm putting Michael Vick on the Mount Rushmore. That's me. This is my Mount Rushmore, 12 Kyle. Um, and if you disagree, cool. That's cool, too. But you weren't here. So, you know, if you weren't in the city, you wouldn't understand. And, and I'm only, I'm, I'm just scratching the surface as to how things were. It was incredible that time Michael Vick was here. And so I got to put him on the Mount Rushmore. So there you have it. Dominique Wilkins, primetime, Deion Sanders, Evander Holyfield, and Michael Vick. That's my Mount Rushmore. And that's going to do it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I am your boy, 12 Kyle. I'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.